Massacre. It's, it's coming out, man. Mexico USA game. A couple weeks, three weeks away. And as any typical Mexico fan, I'm nervous. I'm always nervous when it comes to Mexico USA. <laughs> um, I guess let's just go. I mean, today I put out an article about who I think is going to be in there. Um, Rafa, you had some thoughts on... Uh, on the Mexico, who's gonna get called up? Any surprises you think who's gonna get called up, called, not called in? Well, some of the rumors are Memo's done. He's blacklisted. He's he's busted a joint in Santo. <laughs> so that's the rumor. I don't know if he buy it or not. So, uh, so that's one player that might be missing. We'll see. But um, I think. Uh, when it comes to surprises, I don't think Jonah's going to be there. I think he blew his chance, unfortunately, uh, which is tragic because I, I think he, I mean, anybody can do better than Eglinero right now in that midfield, in my opinion. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Jonathan Dos Santos get a chance. Uh, but I think that's one player that's not going to be there. Uh, I think there there are, if we talk about these last two friendlies, which I think in, in a big friendlies. sense were meaningless yeah, to a lot of people. <laughs> I think a guy like Marin can make the list. It, again, anybody but Yasser Corona. <laughs> uh, I think Marin has has won Osorio over. I think he had some. He still has some doubts with Marin, in my opinion. But I think if if, if you're taking a guy like Marin or Yasser Corona, I think you take Marin because Yasser is not getting enough time at Cholos. So I think we can see Marin as a surprise maybe to some people. Uh, but other than that. I don't think we're going to see many surprises. I think Gio did enough. I think Fabian, just because of what he has done with Frankfurt, I think has done enough to 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 get a call up. But I don't see many surprises if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, it's going to be the same old, same old. Um, uh, Tom, tactics, tactics for uh, Sodio. What what does he what does he need to do to win? Um. Well. He tries Hopefully, to mix it up. He, he presses. Uh, he's he not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, he's not going to go too crazy. <laughs> you know? Um, he, he just seems so keen to keep trying the. Uh, the, the how, how would you describe it? Was it like a 3 3 3 3 1 formation? Yeah. Um, without any full backs or wing backs and I I just I don't like it <laughs> because you saw it against New Zealand um, we saw it against Jamaica when they played them in the Copa America uh, that if a side has good wingers, good speedy wingers, there's space to attack and I'm hoping he Will play with fullbacks or wingbacks. Um, it's you know I I I can't even I don't even want to predict because <laughs> well in your opinion just never know uh, what's gonna happen. What's Mexico's best formation with the players they uh, have? I, I said it. I wrote an article about this. I think a year ago or something. I, I think the four three three. Yeah. Is, um, same. It's Mexico's best system. I think it it fits them well. Um, you know I think they've got. A good crop of central midfielders. Um, I think the wingers are Mexico's main attacking threat, you could say. 
the main form Some, of, of creation, at least. Sometimes it's too much ground. reliance on those wingers, too. It's true, yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that's, but that's that's why I don't that's like... That's yeah, they are quality wingers, but that's that's, all, that's the reason why I wrote that I don't like Tecatito and Lozano starting at the same time. I just I feel like sometimes Mexico their midfield is just oh, let's let's find one of these guys in the wings and let's see what they can do, and then the whole offense just stagnates. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think the worst case of that was actually in the it's kind of different, but in the Olympics, I remember the um the Olympic game against Korea when Shuki came off the bench. And the second half was like, all right, we're going to pass the ball to Tricky and and stand still and watch him be marked by two players and hope he can beat them because this guy's our, our wonder boy, you know? He, it doesn't matter if he's being marked by two players, he can do it all himself. And obviously, we know that didn't work out well. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see with the, a four-back line, but those four-backs really pushing on forward and overlapping the wingers to add that extra attacking threat so that you're not just getting these wide players having to do it all themselves. Um, support from central midfield is necessary as well. And like Rafa said, Hector Herrera has just been so disappointing for Mexico lately. And he's meant to be this box-to-box midfielder who can you know, go and support in the attack and cover defensively as well. And he just goes missing and he's gone missing in Mexico games recently and Porto games too yeah I mean I don't watch many but um, yeah I mean he's in and out the team he's linked with these moves but it never happens and he wears the captain's armband too yeah and then next week he's dropped (laughs) it's kind of weird Rafa if you take out Herrera who's your starting three in the midfield assuming it's a 4-3-3 why? Well, that's the thing. I don't take Herrera because there isn't anybody uh, capable. I mean, I, I would love to see Jonah get a chance, but uh, I, I don't trust Marco Fabian as, as an inside midfielder. No, I think, no, I don't either. I don't think that's his best position, and I think the New Zealand game showed it. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. Does, does he do a, a Palencia and maybe add a Duenas in there as a maybe support? Oh. Maybe not. Not, not you know, an attacking sort of guy, but uh, I don't know. Look, for me, it's it's going to be like this. This game is huge for Juan Carlos Osorio. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. You, it. you don't need to you know, say it, but it is huge. It's, it's a really, really big game. Uh, I think fundamentally for me where he went wrong against Chile was that he sort of, you know, didn't stick to his principles. He got he got it wrong because, let's be honest, I compare this to, to the game against Honduras where it was in San Pedro Sula. We knew what was, what was on the line. You know, a lot of people doubted Osorio. And then he came out with this, you know, really weird formation. I think he played Alanis as left back. And at the end of the day, it worked out. Mexico came out of San Pedro Sula with a win. And, and then, you know, you saw him talk about the game, and you're like, you know what? What Osorio did here made complete sense, you know? Uh, play Alanis as, as a fullback, uh, you know, to counter Andrus's height and, you know, set pieces are have been trouble for Mexico, so that's the reason he added an extra body there, blah, blah, blah. You know, why he, you know, waited to put in the wingers in the second half, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything was perfect. I mean, it was planned to perfection. It was, you know, Juan Carlos Osorio 101. Uh, and then against Chile, I mean, I, I know 
we're going back to that game again, but he just got it completely wrong. This was not the Juan Carlos Osorio we knew from the Honduras game. This guy uh, thought he could go one-on-one against one of the best teams in the world because I think that's what Chile is. I know they're struggling in South America, but let's be honest. Technically speaking, Chile is, is a superb team. You know, There's only a few teams in the world that can go one-on-one against Chile, and obviously Mexico was not one of them after what we saw in San Francisco. So I think he, he sort of betrayed his, his principles there. He thought he could go with Tecatito and Irving Lozano, uh, and, you know, they failed miserably. So is he going to do that again against the United States? Are we going to see, you know, a Juan Carlos Osorio where he doesn't follow his principles, where he thinks he can go up against the United States and go one-on-one in Columbus and try to get a win? Or do, do we see that, that more that more of that Juan Carlos Osorio that we saw in Honduras where, you know, he planned things out a little bit more, where, you know, I... I for example, I like I like your idea of Carlos Salcedo's right back because, uh, you know, the United States is more of a physical team. Let's be honest; they're not very technical. Uh, they're not as technical as Mexico. Let that's for sure. We saw that in the in the Concacaf Cup this uh, last year in, in in the Rose Bowl. So, uh, are we going to see him, you know, be a little more conservative and do something like that and plan the game out a little bit more, or are we going to see an Osorio where he takes that risk and does something crazy like Tom said and and you know, just go for it and see Mexico get exposed again. So in that sense, this is a big game for Juan Carlos Osorio. He has a lot playing here. I think he has to play it safe. I mean, if he if he goes out of there and gets a 0-0 draw, that's a win. Don't you think? So that's what I was going to ask you. Do you go to, to Columbus and play for the 0-0 or, you know, just take the point and, you know, call it a day? I mean, because let's be honest, he's got tons of pressure. I mean, at the best, I mean, obviously best case scenario is he gets a win because, you know, he needs it, but if he gets a draw, which we all agree is is great. I mean, if I, I'll take, I'll sign it right now. If you give me a contract and you're like, let's sign the contract right now. I mean, I sign the one one or the zero zero or whatever. I take the point. I don't care. But Mexican media doesn't doesn't. I mean, Mexican media cares. Mexican media. I mean, if he gets a draw, it's like okay, you know, why didn't we win? You know. Come on, man. You know, even if we win, if we win ugly, it's gonna be like, why didn't we win pretty? You know that. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I take the ugly win here. I mean, I take it. I don't care. I don't care what Mexican media says. I would take the, the ugly win here. Uh, how would you play it, Tom? Would you play it safe, or would you go for the three points? You know, I I have to uh, say, I don't know enough about the U.S. <laughs> national team to feel fully qualified to answer. But looking at just their players, looking at their recent results, I don't think they're as strong as they've been in previous years. Um, a lot of their sort of previous key players, like your Dempsey's, Donovan's, um, Bradley, um, Tim Howard, they've either retired or they're in their 30s, past their best. I don't see um, really... Um, you know, except for perhaps Pulisic, any real star player in the squad. Um, I think Mexico can be confident and try and outplay them here. Uh, Like Rafa said, they are more of a technical side. If they can try and dominate possession and cover any potential counter-attacking threat that the U.S. have, I think they can go and outplay the U.S. Um, But playing away is difficult. Columbus has proven a really tough place to play in previous seasons. 
And for whatever reason, and I'm still not quite sure myself, home field advantage is a big thing in, in football. Um, and that may really affect the way that Mexico play. But I'm just looking at sort of the players on paper and thinking Mexico have the quality here to play their game and win, you know, outplay the U.S. Like I said, I'd like to see the fullbacks pushing forward. I'd also, I know you mentioned Fabian, the way he's playing. He, can you can you really ignore him giving him a start? I mean, I'd almost be okay if if we did the four three three with the the two quote unquote D mids and then have an attacking midfielder. I would be comfortable putting Fabian there and then leaving. But hasn't Fabian been playing on more of a wide role for Frankfurt? Yeah, no, nah, he's been playing a number. He's been playing number ten really. For Frankfurt, I, I've seen more as a wide role, and I think that's where he plays best, and that's the issue here. I think that, in my opinion, who's going to start? It's going to be either Tecatito's the given. He's going to start. I mean, he's there 100%, unless he's yeah. injured. But the other position, which would be either would be Raul Jimenez or Giovanni Los Santos. I think he's... He sold on Giovanni Los Santos. I think we might see Giovanni Los Santos starting against the United States on the wing. I think we should, and then that, that leaves Tecatito for that off-the-bench spark. But that means he would have to ignore Marco Fabian, which is a question here. So it's tough for me with Marco Fabian. I mean, well, would you feel comfortable playing Guardado and, say, Molina and then having Fabian as a number 10? Well, that, I don't think Juan Carlos is comfortable. I, I, I know that, but would you feel comfortable? <laughs> it, it would make sense. Um, I, I mean, for me, it would make sense. I'm not a big Molina fan, to be honest. Um, well, neither am I. But <laughs> I, I, I think, I think with with, yeah, the I, I really want to try that system. I'd want to try it, you know, a four-two-three-one. Yeah. But the problem is that I don't think Mexico have a good enough holding midfielder. Um, I like Unless maybe Rafa Marquez. Whoa. <laughs> well, no. look, I like Molina. I think I like Molina. I, I think he's a decent defensive midfielder. I don't think he's best in the Mexico by any means. I think he... Put it this way, I, I like Molina too, but he's definitely he definitely puts the defensive and defensive midfielder, you know. Yeah, but again, uh, Rafa Marquez is again an, an alternative, as Tom said. But who else does Mexico have? I mean, even it's not like Gallito Vasquez is going to suddenly start Chivas. And... I still think he's their best defensive midfielder, though. I know it sounds crazy because he's not playing, but I still think he's their best defensive midfielder. Oh, Gallito, come back. <laughs> I mean, how good was he at the World Cup? He was amazing. He was so good. I, just the thing with, with Molina is, I, I watch Santos play, and every single game, they get dominated. But Santos every is single game, they, they get dominated. And they have a good team on paper. And... Curse uh, the chapel. You know... <laughs> Perhaps, but you watch Molina and he, he doesn't 
he's not winning loads of tackles. He's not making lots of interceptions. He's not playing many passes. You know, I mean, as Rafa said, he, he puts the defensive in defensive midfielder. He's not great on the ball, but I'm not seeing him winning winning the ball that much with Santos. Perhaps that's a harsh, you know, me to judge him just on this season with Santos because it's it's been a tough season. You know, having a bit of a nightmare, but he's not playing well. He's not playing well with Santos right now. That's... Yeah, but I mean, I think. Well, I mean, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I mean, I know in the past we've talked about how Osorio doesn't like to play Guardado as like the lone D mid, but I think maybe against the maybe not specifically against the U.S. but against some of these South American countries who are just gonna sit back and absorb and absorb. I think he's the perfect defensive midfielder because he can actually pass the ball. Remember when we tried playing Diego Reyes at d a couple games ago and he just looked so lost because he couldn't distribute? Yeah, um, I think I think, I still think Dos, um, Jonah Dos Santos would be a better option there. Though. Oh yeah, I would too, but for some reason <laughs> he, <can> never, yeah. <laughs> he, he gets hurt or something happens and it just doesn't make it. I mean, how often is this the case that as, you know, we how many how many times have people fans of Mexico talked about if only we could have this player but for some reason he's not in the squad you know like yeah. the, the geo for a while with Vela for seemingly forever <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous isn't it yeah it's just I don't even know man it's just sometimes in Mexico this is this is the life of a Mexico fan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess real quick on uh, defenders. Do you guys think uh, either Cesar Montes or Lopez are going to called up? Just called into the squad, not necessarily starting, but just. I mean, Dedos Lopez isn't really. I mean, he isn't starting for Pachuca. Uh, he's he's their backup right back. But he is probably. Mexico's second best option. Yeah, right who the there. hell else is going to play right back? <laughs> uh, Chapo Sanchez? Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm not sold on Chapo Sanchez, to be honest. I know a lot of US fans are, are going crazy about him. Uh, but I'm not sold on him. And I think Juan Carlos Osorio isn't sold on him either, or else he would have called him up in these past two games. Uh, I don't yeah. know. There's just something about Chapo Sanchez that I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he's been on form for a few months, but that's yeah. literally it for his whole career, is probably <laughs> a bit of a put-off, you know? See, for me, if, if you ask me this question, I think it's it's more of, again, I'm thinking about the physical part of the game. I know the United States, I know they're more physical. I know every time they play Mexico, they like to stick it to them. Uh, I mean, if you look at the last few United States wins have all been you know physical encounters where they score offset pieces and stuff like that so I think Juan Carlos Osorio is looking at that too uh, that's why I can see why Molina might start because Molina is more of a physical guy uh, and that you know that brings the question about who starts in defense and, and you're right and that's why I again I think I see more of a conservative game here from Juan Carlos Osorio I think Jesus Dueña maybe starts at right back um move Miguel Ayunto as left back 
or maybe even start Layun as, as right back and up for Torres Nilo, but I think Oh Os- god, even... don't even don't even say no. those two words. But I think Osorio <laughs> recognizes that Torres Nilo is not in his best form either. So I mean it all depends. I mean there's still a few weeks left. What is it, two weeks left? So uh Yeah, but the call up should be going out now. Yeah, but I mean I think Torres Nilo is gonna be there one hundred percent, but you know, it depends how he sees Torres Nilo in training. Is this guy ready to go up against the United States? Who knows? Uh, it, it's it's up to his judgment to see. Uh, but I mean, there's options. I, again, it, for me, it's going to go down to the physical part of the game. I don't think we're going to see a game like like that Concacaf Cup where Mexico were just technically, you know, outclass the United States at at the Rose Bowl. So. For me, it's it's gonna be that it's it's gonna be the physical aspect, and I think that's why we're gonna see guys like Molina. We're gonna see fullbacks. We're gonna play a little bit more conservatively. Uh, I know Layun's gonna get the start, but other than that, we're gonna see a guy like Duenas or Doris Nilo. I don't think we're gonna see uh, more of a more attack-minded or a guy like Chapo Sanchez. I know Chapo's not gonna get called up, but uh, but still, you know, I think that's what's gonna go down. And just to make a point, we we can make a whole podcast about this. Mexico versus United States game because it, it is big. There's a lot of talking points. I think Tom made a really good one about and then you, the United States don't have guys like Donovan, like Tim Howard, you know, these guys who, who were in top form a, a few years back. Uh, even Clint Dempsey, who I thought Dempsey was superb in the Copa America. I think Dempsey was one of the better players in the Copa America as a whole. That's how good Dempsey was. I think he was superb playing in between lines. You know, I think he was just in top form. It, it, it's a shame he won't be uh, you know, he's having some health problems right now. But he, he's a player that could have made a huge difference for this game, and the United States are going to miss him. I can't wait till Sodio trolls us and starts Layun at defensive mid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. It, you know, <laughs> the amount of times I've sat there an hour before a Mexico game, waiting for the lineup to come out, and I'm thinking, you know, this time, this time, Everyone's he's getting so much stick. He's he's got to be sensible. He's he's got to just pick a nice four three three with his best lineup. And then the lineup comes out, and you look at it and you go, "What the hell is this formation? <laughs> Where are these players playing?" And and every single game, I spend the first ten minutes trying to work out what the formation is and where everyone's playing. And, and I don't think there's been a Mexico game under Osorio where I haven't spent the start of the game going. Right, where he's there and he's there and okay, so it's a what okay, you know, trying to work out the formation every single game. And I'm I'm expecting the same to happen again, to be honest, because that's that's the way it is with the story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're right, Rafa. Once uh, the rosters come out, we'll definitely have a podcast just about this game coming up. All right, well that's enough of Mexico talk for now let's uh switch over some questions we got for some people so cesar has interesting questions he always has some interesting questions for us let's start with the easier one uh which mexican or liga mx player is overhyped rafa go overhyped overhyped is it trophies no i like trophies (laughs) i think i think he's decent man I'm not gonna say he's, he's if, a if saying that he's decent means that you think he's overhyped. No, no I think he's 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 a good guy. He's he's a good player. He's got potential. Uh, I like him. I'm not saying he's he's messy or anything, but but he's he's good. Oh, that's 
tough. Who do I? Liga Mekis? Liga, yeah, Liga Mekis are just a Mexican player. If you've got I, one, I was... feel free to jump in, Tom. Yeah, Tom, I'm having trouble here. <laughs> I was racking my brain about this for a while. This is a very tough question. Um, I'm so I'm, I'm gonna say it. I've, I was thinking this. It, hear me out here, Gignac. People talk about Gignac like he's this, like he's a level above the league. You know, like he is this superstar of the league. And on reputation, he is. You know, he's in the France team. He's been up there with the top scorers in Liga in previous seasons. But you watch him play, and apart from the the occasional time when he'll you know beat a player and smash in a shot, he doesn't look a cut above. He looks like a, a a top striker in the league. He doesn't look like he's on another level. He doesn't look like he's out of place in the league. Um, and often he's talked about as if, you know, he is this superstar who's not really supposed to be in the league. And you know, on his on his um, kind of his profile and his reputation, he's probably not supposed to be in the league. But on his ability in itself, I, I don't. I don't think he's, you know, huge, massively better than the likes of Moreno and Vasselli and Funes Mori and Pooch. You know, so I I would say he is overhyped. Fair enough, fair enough. And interesting fact, Carlos Izquierdos has scored as many goals as him this season. That's true. Uh... I was going to say that. He's been a little disappointing this season. He's definitely been out of place this season. He's, he hasn't looked very good. All right, well, my pick, Jurgen Dam. Oh, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm with you there. That's a yeah. good one. It's, it's, it's all physicality and no brain. and That's yeah. not the sort of player I like. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, people who follow this podcast know that I'm not a fan of Alain Pulido. So that's a first player that came to my mind but lately i've been i've been okay with it, i don't believe it, you know maybe because you're watching it in hd and not some shitty stream like we've been watching when he's been playing olympiacos <laughs> maybe but i think he's he's been okay uh i i, I kind of i kind of see why i mean i don't know if he's had he has enough to you know get to a really good level and just be consistent and get called up for the mexico national team but i think he has the tools i mean I'm okay with him now. I think he he might have some potential here. Alright, alright. I'd see moving on. Um, who are your top two candidates for champions in uh, League MX? Should I answer that first? Go ahead. I'll, I'm going to say Tijuana is the obvious one. Yeah. Just because of all we said. and um, Well, I think Pachuca. I think those the top two are our championship material right now. Mine are uh, Pachuca and uh, Tigres. I'll go Tigres, Tijuana. Oh, we an interesting bunch. Going for the top three. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to be wrong and Monterrey is going to win or Puebla. Watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, 7th and 8th, Toluca, Leon, both in good form. Could be them. Could be them. Uh, this one's more mostly for me and uh, Rafa, unless Tom wants to <clears throat> jump in. But 
Cesar wants to know what's the most overhyped rap slash hip hop album. Rafa, do you have anything in mind? Let's see. I'm gonna go with that album that R. Kelly and Jay Z came out with in like 2002, which was like super hyped up, and then like it just bombed. I didn't like it. It was terrible. <laughs> Is it? You know, I like Eminem. I like him, but I think he's he's been overhyped. I thought back in the day, his albums were decent, but you know, it wasn't. It was not Kanye West level, you know. Well, who is, you know, who is? Okay. Not even close to Kanye West. Let me know. <laughs> All right, we'll let Tom take a crack at this question. Uh, <laughs> uh well, um, yeah, I'm, I admit, I'm not a fan of hip hop R and B, so I know next to nothing. All I can offer you is that a couple of months ago, I drove down eight mile in detroit and eminem <laughs> came on the radio that's that's all i can say that's awesome that's that's legit <laughs> yeah seriously if you ever go to if you ever go to michigan eminem is like on 50 percent of the time it's ridiculous <laughs> every single time you go in the car for more than 20 minutes and you're flicking through the radio you'll find eminem on the radio I would have paid to see a skinny British guy driving a car bump into Eminem on Eight Mile. <laughs> I actually, I actually pulled pulled up um, just in a little side street at one point to take a picture of the sign. <laughs> right, I had to dodge some broken glass as I got out of the car. Yeah, it was uh, it was real. <laughs> I'll show you that picture. Yeah, we need to see that picture. Um, this one's for you, Tom. We'll see, you can kick it off. This is from uh, everyone's favorite goat, the stray goat. What is or has been your least favorite tactical trend in League MX? Well, I promised him here I'd <laughs> annoy him by talking about Almeida because I know he's a huge fan. Um, I could talk about Almeida, but I'm going to give the kind of the obvious one. I think we all get We've all gotten fed up of Tuca Ferretti's style of play um, at some point, you know. The monotonous, endless, sideways passing with seemingly no goal apart from to keep the ball and tire and frustrate the opposition. Um, you know, it's such a cautious way of playing. He doesn't commit many men forward. Um, they... they they don't play many risky passes. They don't look for the killer balls too often. Um, and it, it gets pretty dull. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that's probably the most frustrating tactic. Rafa? I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that, that Tom brought up with Monterrey, with Tuco Mohamed. Uh, and I think it's showing. I think he, this might be the end of Mohamed if, if he doesn't somehow pull a miracle here with Monterrey. Uh, but I think just, you know, his style of play has just never been for me. Uh, I think uh, I think he got quite fortunate last season, maybe. He made the right right changes. I think there was that game against Tigres where, where Tigres were, were close to making a comeback in that quarterfinal. And I think it just showed the, the, the kind of style that Mohamed uh, kind of is, more of that, you know, rigid kind of guy. Uh, 
he's not that kind of, you know, maybe a, more disciplined, more less less technical kind of kind of guy when it when it comes to games that matter. I think you will see this in this next in this upcoming Clasico Regio. Uh, you'll see that that Mohamed style in play. I'm I'm kind of not a fan of it, and and I think Tom made a really good point. I think the the amount of shots they take and uh, and, and all that uh, is it, sort of because you know that's the kind of coach Mohamed is. He sort of just lets the guys play and uh, he sort of has other things in mind. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of it to be honest. I, I didn't like it when he won the championship with Club America. I didn't like it when he won the title with Charles. Uh, it's just not for me. Can I jump in with another one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carlos Reynoso at Veracruz. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, last I think it was it wasn't last week. It was his first game back in charge against Leon. Uh, Rodrigo Neuer at one point in the game took a long throw from the halfway line, and they pushed people forward into the box yeah. for a long throw from the halfway line. Uh, that was that was a first for me. I'd seen you know the good old days of Stoke. Um, with Rory Delap, I don't know if you know Rory or remember Rory Delap. Um, when Stoke first got um, promoted to the Premier League, and their main tactic were these long throws, but you know it, this was another level. Seeing someone do it from the halfway line was just ridiculous, and it's like they're so direct and long ball, and it's all just reliant on Furch winning headers, winning these knockdowns. And it's, you'd think they'd have tons of tall players in the team, and then you see they've got Keko Bialba, who's like five foot two or something, yeah. on one wing, and Adrian Luna, who's like five four on the other wing. I mean, it's just so annoying to watch because they've got some good players, but it's just such a one-dimensional system, and the long throws don't half slow the game down. I mean, it's so stop-start when every time the ball goes out. In, in the other team's half. You know, Neuer has to get the ball and do his run-up and wait for Leo Lopez to get in the box. And it's just like, oh, my. It, it, it's, not, it's not very fun to watch. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> and that's why they're in uh, 17th place. Yeah, I mean, when they hired him back, it was like, <laughs> I was so annoyed. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to have to sit through more of this right now, so football. Fantastic. And uh, let's see. You kind of answered it before, Rafa, but can you see Fabian or and or Ochoa getting the start against the U.S.? Well, again, I already gave that that small rumor about. I don't know if Ochoa is going to be there, but uh, I personally. I don't know uh, with Ochoa. He's, he's what he's been conceding ten goals a game these past few weeks. Um, I don't know. Talavera was decent. I don't know if you saw the Copa Amerikis game uh, against Querétaro where they lost two days ago. Uh, he he looked fine. He looked really good actually for Toluca. Um, I'd personally start Talavera over Ochoa. I know a lot of people are not big fan of Talavera. But going back to Fabian, I, again, I think I, I think it's so tough. I don't see him as an interior midfielder, to be honest. Uh, I see him more as a wide player, and the wide positions right now are 
are full. Yep, they're stacked. Alright, here's a question. I guess we can look we'll look at it from an from, from an MLS point, I guess, saying from just in general. But which Mexican player, Tom, would you try to build a team around? Oh, is it it was like in reference to Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah, but just in general. Like it's just and like if you were to make a new MLS yeah. team? Uh, a League MX team. Let's just go with okay. League MX team. Um, and you had the number one pick. <laughs> I mean, Chicharito. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. He's the most famous. Why not? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Rafa, who's your pick? See, but is that is that a... Well, back to Tom's answer. Is that more of like a marketing standpoint or... Can you, or do you really see yourself building a team around Chicharito? I mean, I, let's just say build. Let's take the marketing out. But I mean, Chicharito is still good. But let's just take the marketing out and say if you could build a team. I I totally build a Liga MX team around him. <laughs> no. <laughs> that that makes sense. Okay. Well, if you asked me this question actually, maybe a few years back, do you know, I would have said it's pretty quick though. Oh, dude, come on, you're tugging at my heartstrings right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Seriously, there wasn't a guy that good, that young, that was Mexican in, like, ever. I would have built a team on him like that. But for me, it would it would be Eric Gutierrez. Okay. Just because I think he's got all the tools to be a top midfielder, in my opinion. I think you could build a decent team around him. And I think Diego Alonso sort of done that. I think... Of course, they have other players like Ureta Vizcaya and Irving Lozano and Franco Jara, who, who we don't give a lot of credit to, but he's been superb as well. Uh, but Gutierrez is, is is a special player, in my opinion. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks this, but I think you could build oh, a decent team. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a bit of an outside shout, if you're interested. All right. Who you got? Uh, Dita Bialpando. I Superbly talented extremely intelligent his vision of pass is up there stroke above you know the majority of mexican players his vision of pass is outstanding um and i've been waiting for a team to properly give him plenty of games in the number 10 role um where the team could be built around him and he just gets tossed here and there and he gets chucked out on in various positions and sometimes he gets a game through the middle and sometimes he's out wide and sometimes he's on the bench and he just hasn't had a proper run and it's a great shame because he's such a huge talent and you know let's not forget i think it was three four seasons ago he was the highest assist in the league when pachuco made that run to the final um back when they had it in valencia welcome to liga mx <laughs> yeah well if anybody yeah. knows the story about the albando is uh He's sort of another Carlos Vela, let's say. He's sort yeah. of likes the yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I've I've heard I've heard the stories. Um, sort of I still a... think it's a great shame that no one's really committed to him. And you know, and, and to be fair, he's he's playing right now with Chiapas, and yes, they're lost, and yes, they're losing almost every week. But watch them play; they are okay. very fun to watch. And he plays; he's doing very well there. At least his uniforms are nice. Oh, no, I hate the Chiapas. <laughs> I think I like their away, away kit. 
There's always too much going on on those shirts. Yeah, oh, always. There's like 30 sponsors. Yeah. All right, let's speed round this. Um, does Rafa Marquez get called up? Yes or no? Yes. Yes? Yes. Tom? No. No. All right. We kind of talked about it now, but who's going to get relegated in League MX? Chiapas. They're so bad. So bad. Um, yeah. They, they, they need to sign a defense. If they sign a defense in, in the winter, they've got a chance. But right now, their defense is just horrendous. And you, it, 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 like, almost every time. And they're dominating games. They're having more possession than all their opponents. And they're playing some really good football under Sergio Bueno. But every time they concede possession and the other side counterattack, Looks like they're going to score. In the, there was a game against Monterey a couple of weeks ago, and they were just so good. They outplayed Monterey, and they lost 4-1, because every time Monterey attacked, they scored. More or less. Hey, Rafa, do you remember when we did the season preview, we talked about it a little bit at length, that uh, Tijuana was actually really low on the relegation. Yeah, relegation, yeah. <laughs> right. And now they're right running away that. with Liga MX. I'd love it. That's how Lego Max is. Anything you guys want to touch on before we wrap it up? No, I think we've 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 covered a lot. It's, it's been a it's been a fun chat. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Keep it keep it interesting. Rafa, anything? No. Uh, I'm looking forward to that United States podcast. Dude. Got a lot to talk about there too. Maybe we'll bring on some USA fans so they can so they can try to convince me Josie Altador is still better than Chicharito. Dozy <laughs> oh, Josie. The other day, yeah, they're like, "Oh, Josie's back!" I'm like, "Well, he scored in MLS in a playoff game. Chicharito's dropping hat tricks in Bundesliga." <laughs> but whatever. Uh, all right, Tom. Well, where where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Tom H underscore thirty six. That's my Twitter. So uh, real quick, what do you think of America so far? <laughs> Being here for months at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been fun. Um, I've only got a month left actually until I'm heading back. But hopefully, I'll come back again. Um, yes, I've been been around quite a few places. So. Seen, seen Chicago, got to visit you, which was very fun. Um, I'm still shocked you parked that car. <laughs> so am I. That parallel park job was pretty good. It was quite impressive, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been to Michigan, Illinois. I'm in Pittsburgh right now. It's, it's been a good experience. So, yeah. <laughs> and the time zone is fantastic, most importantly. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the best time zone. Especially waking up on the weekends and boom, you have soccer. <laughs> yeah, and not having to stay up till like three, four in the morning. It's fantastic. Yeah, the only bad thing is uh, all the Liga MX games this year at the same time. Yeah, that's been a real pain. But uh, I've got Fubo TV now, so um, yeah. I can I can DVR some games. So that was a good good investment. Gets the job done. Rafa, where can we find you at? 
Twitter, uh, MexicanFootCon, as always. Talking about Liam Yankees nonstop. How are your Lakers going to do this year? Take the ship. I don't know what you're talking about. Whoa. I'm going to win it all. No, I mean, they, they had a decent start yesterday against uh, the Rockets. So. Man, your Lakers are lucky we don't have relegation in the NBA. <laughs> hey. That's okay. They, they, would just buy it. They, they would just buy another franchise. Liga yeah, MX style. Donna Caretro. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me at the Colorful Kid. Hopefully... <laughs> Rafa, we need to get back on the schedule and start pumping these out. The posts that go in the three months between podcasts. We'll see. But thanks for coming on, Tom. That was nice. Thanks for me. We'll have to get you in before you go back to England and then we got the weird time zone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is. I mean, it is six in the morning right now, back over there, so. Rafa, thanks for coming on. Pleasure, as always. Um, it was a pleasure. Really, really knowledgeable about the game. There isn't a lot of people out there like you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You can catch Tom writing over at Footmix Source. Yep. Amongst the occasional articles on some other websites, but mainly Footmix. I think it's still FootmixSource.com, but yeah. Footmix Nation is now the Twitter, Twitter account. Yep. And make sure you follow Tom on Twitter. Follow his adventures eating Amer- new weird American foods and bump into <laughs> Eminem on 8 Mile. After <laughs> I played that picture. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw it. Uh, all right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Thanks. <laughs>